Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. December fourteenth, uh, yeah. Wow, this year is just about behind us. December fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. You know what our motto is out here: to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of, and out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder. Hushmo, slow down here, son. <laughs> hey, you got the peanut gallery in the background. Welcome, y'all. Hey, my Facebook friends, what's up? Oh, yes, it's getting close to Christmas, no doubt. <laughs> hey, hey, it's getting close to Christmas here, y'all. Hey, we've got a great show for you this evening. As always, we're uh, going to be looking at uh, Nelson Mandela's uh, going away ceremony. Talk some more about my new book, y'all. It's on its way to the printer. Now, it's been at my publisher for a while. We had to get, jump through some hurdles just to <laughs> uh, get some copyright uh, stuff taken care of. But uh, we've got all that done, and it's on its way to the printer. So hopefully it will be out sometime between Christmas and New Year's. That's my latest now. Uh, Racism and Hate, an American Reality is the title of it. And uh, y'all be prepared to go out there and uh, pick up uh, your copy. <laughs> It'll be all over on uh, my Facebook page and uh my website, com. <clears throat> you'll be able to find it there, but just on uh, Amazon or uh, any of those uh, outlets, uh, uh, you'll be able to find my e, uh, uh, e-book uh, copy of it. Get your uh, free in the copy. Three ninety nine electronic version, yeah. That's what, what it's going for. It's basically... Uh, Dirt cheap. <laughs> well, it's accessible. I'm trying to make it accessible to uh, my audience here, y'all. We we deal with the we deal with the little folks out here. Yeah, we advocate. Yeah, we <laughs> hey we we deal with the little folks out here on the Hushmo Black Forum. Yeah, we want to really we want them to be able to uh, to have access to uh, my work, no doubt. So yeah, it's a great buy for Christmas. Uh, Racism and hate in American reality, y'all. Basically talking about uh, my family's history here in uh, Georgia. Really, it chronicles uh, some 250 years uh, history of my uh, family's here. Racism and hate uh, just happen to be a part of that uh, history. In uh, fact, you, you know, uh, Americans are asking this. Uh, um, well, we advocate on behalf of, uh, first of all, let me get my first finish uh, getting the plugs out the way we advocate on behalf of Americans asking the sent for uh, justice, social justice. Not not because we don't love everybody. We love everybody. We won't let you know that. But because we're uh, part of that community by extension, uh, uh, find ourselves advocating uh, on their behalf. Uh, but we, we uh, advocate for justice 
across the board. Uh, we love everybody. Uh, we, uh, so yeah, racism and hate in American uh, reality uh, deals with uh, the subject matter of the day. Uh, uh, by virtue of this, uh, this black president here uh, brought the uh, conversation uh, to the forefront. Uh, I put it uh, well. He brought racism back to the forefront of uh, the nation's consciousness over the last five years. I mean, wow, it's crazy how uh, how racism has affected uh, the way uh, this guy uh, uh, has to govern uh, the country. And uh, say so what you uh, may. Uh, racism has a uh, a big part to do with it, and when you read my book, read my book, and I, I kind of cr- um, give a history, or you know, history as best I could uh, research it and uh, uh, um, uh, understand it uh, uh, in my book, a history of racism and uh, where it came from, where it started, uh, the effect that it had has had on uh, me and my family in uh, uh, America's life and uh, in general here in this country. So, yes, uh, uh, I think it's a great, great read. But nothing else uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, find... Uh, uh, um, material that uh, is not too readily available out there in the public domain anymore and uh, a, a place to uh, uh, a starting point where uh, uh, you can go and get uh, further further information on the subject matter if you read the soul choose uh, so yeah uh, and it's just amazing how uh, how some things uh, still uh, uh, exist here in this country today in 2013. And and just the whole subject of uh, racism and Nelson Mandela dying and the Pope Francis coming on the scene uh, at this time, a black president, all this thing, all, all these uh, things uh, coming together here in 2013. That's, that's uh Uh, nothing short of uh, amazing uh, how uh, uh, they all intertwine uh, into uh, 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 this bigger com- this bigger conversation that uh, uh, we're dealing with here today. Uh, well, yeah, at Mandela, and I, you know, Mandela. Uh, was fighting against the same uh, type of uh, injustice that uh, America's African face here in this country. Uh, oh, no doubt. Face that here in this country. And not only it's 200 years, 300 years of slavery, but uh, after that, after the separate equal laws, the Jim Crow laws uh, that uh, was codified in the 
you know, the Jim Crow laws of the South, uh, was really codified in the national law in 1896 with that uh, Plessy uh, versus Ferguson thing down there in New Orleans. They, uh, oh, yeah. They, uh, uh, um, really, what Plessy said was that the American vastness could be separated out of uh, the society, socially, and that's what they did, out of all parts, out of all segments of society, from education to uh, the workplace, uh, doing serious economic damage, and uh, I talk about it in my book, uh, uh, great, I'm a big, big advocate for uh, a reparation for Americans of Africanists, especially those born uh, before uh, 1954. Those born before 1954 were subject uh, to uh, those uh, separate equal laws and was injured by them. I was. I was born in 1945. Certainly, uh, I was injured by them and my family here in Georgia, uh, right here in Georgia. So the only way with this, and everybody's looking at it, everybody's talking about it on TV, and they can't seem to come to grips with uh, what's really behind this economic uh, uh, divide <laughs> uh, in the country? The rich, uh, the haves and the have-nots. I can only speak for, and I'm only uh, advocating uh, 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 my position for reparation for Americans of African descent, like I said, not because I don't love everybody, but uh, just because uh, uh, my community, my family, uh, were... Uh, Separated out of uh, out of the society under uh, Plessy, like no other minority here in the country, and and because uh, they were separated out of the society uh, based on that uh, uh, U.S. law, <laughs> based on on the Supreme Court of this country uh, in that decision. Uh, I advocate for uh, reparation on their behalf uh, uh, as a separate class of uh, Americans injured uh, by those uh, uh, separate equal laws. Absolutely, and uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not against uh, uh, other minorities filing uh, complaints and uh, lawsuits. In fact, in fact, 2009. Y'all remember out there in Facebook uh, land? Y'all remember the uh, the eight uh, white firemen up in Connecticut uh, filed a discrimination uh, case uh, in the job in the workplace uh, because uh, they felt as though they were being discriminated against because of uh, uh, their race, their color, and for no other reason. They took that case all the way to the Supreme Court. And guess what? The Supreme Court ruled in their favor. <laughs> That's 2009. The Supreme Court ruled in their favor and awarded them reparation. Because the, pre- the Supreme Court said that they could not be uh, discriminated against because of their color. Hey, folks, it's no different. It's no different than uh, what I uh, 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 asked for. It's no different than what we won in 1954 when Plessy over when Brown versus Board of Education overturned Plessy, folks. It overturned uh, 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 
separate equal laws that injured Americans of African descent for some 90 years, for some 90, uh, 90 years here in this country after the Civil War period. It devastated us, uh, uh, my people, economically. And, yeah, we, we won that case. The only reason uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, and his legal team didn't petition the court back then in 1954 had to do with... Uh, pressure from that court uh, uh, on Thurgood Marshall not to uh, seek financial reparation because it would uh, anger uh, some white folks uh, in the South. Now, come on. <laughs> we, Americans of Africanism, who have been devastated by the separate equal laws, uh, uh, <laughs> was supposed to not petition the court for financial reparation because of the threat of racial terrorism. That's what it amounted to, racial terrorism. Hey, the country, uh, the country has to come to grips with uh, uh, when they start talking about the economic divide and uh, 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 what uh, the, cause, uh, the causes of it is. You know... Uh, Americans of African descent, that class of uh, 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 of Americans, uh, we know all too well what the cause is. We uh, uh, just need to uh, uh, get the uh, 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 this government to uh, uh, to uh, own up to uh, its responsibility uh, and that's uh, uh, what we need to do. Yeah, because they, uh, the only way Americans African descent could ever hope to uh, uh, achieve any kind of uh, equilibrium uh, in terms of uh, economics is uh, uh, the country uh, uh, pay them reparations. Oh, absolutely. It's not a dirty word. It's part of the legal system here. If I'm injured, if you uh, if your laws, if your laws deprive me of uh, of an equal opportunity, uh, come on, what kind of? <laughs> yeah, it's all about that uh, equal protection under that Fourteenth Amendment, y'all. Is what was uh, taken away uh, in Plessy. Yeah, the 14th Amendment rights that uh, we have. That's what uh, the farmers was talking about. They had to, in 2009, no doubt, had to go back to Brown to as a uh, president. <laughs> they can't, they have to. Supreme Court said in Brown that separate equal and all that stuff was uh, <laughs> inherently unequal. Uh, you can't do it. Nowhere in society, not in the workplace, not in uh, uh the school, not at anything uh, dealing with the uh, a public here in this country. So that's that's only you know we we Americans of African descent has to uh, 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 be clear in the, what we're looking for and the problem back in 1954. Americans of African descent back then, my family included, we wasn't aware, didn't have the proper uh, 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 
knowledge yeah. of just what it was that uh, Brown had uh, 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 did uh, in terms of uh, reparation and all that stuff. I mean, surely uh, some of the legal uh, uh, folks knew, uh, but the, the average uh, American of African descent here, here in the South, here in Atlanta, and Georgia didn't uh, uh, really comprehend uh, what was at stake there and uh, uh, didn't uh, really, hey, there's no stat- uh, statute of limitation. I, I say today, uh, uh, Americans of African descent born before 1954 has a direct case to petition the court for uh, a reparation for those injuries uh, suffered uh, uh, under Plessy. Any American reference descent who lived under Plessy uh, uh, was injured uh, by it. That's what I can tell. You. And not because I'm I'm not mad about I'm not I don't hate anybody about it. No, I'm asking the federal government and the states uh, and uh, that uh, uh, was involved in it to uh, uh, to step up and do what. Uh, and deal with the injustices uh, that occurred uh, is all I'm doing. I yeah. Anyone else in my shoes would uh, readily do it. Those eight farmers up there in Connecticut, they took that thing all the way to the Supreme Court, yeah. And one. Supreme Court agreed with them. Yeah, yeah so I, I'd go back to Supreme Court. But yeah, what about me and my uh, 90-some years? Uh, we, uh, suffered those same uh, injustices in the workplace, in the workplace. How many, how much economic damage did it do over 90-some years? How much damage did it do over the 90-some years? Hey, not only in the workplace, but uh, 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 denying access to real estate. What about the 46 million uh, acres uh, in the Southern Homestead Act? We started with that in 1876. Uh, uh, Congress Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
show on the line want to come on and talk about uh, the subject matter we're gonna we're gonna bring him on right now without further delay y'all we got mr bianchi on the line here uh mr bianchi yes how are you oh doing real good how you doing tonight i'm doing pretty good you're on live uh, in living color out here on the Hushville Black Forum, y'all. Uh, Mr. Bianchi talking to uh, some 500 million uh, folks across the world. Well, you know, you was talking earlier about the Brown versus Board decision uh-huh. in 1954. Mm-hmm. And I think myself that that was a horrible decision mm-hmm. on, the, on the fact that what it actually done to African Americans, to black people. Now, mm-hmm. of course, Plessy versus Ferguson, which says separate but equal. It wasn't nothing wrong with the separate. The, the problem was the not being equal. Mm-hmm. And in 1954, it was black teachers who was complaining that they wasn't receiving the same pay. But that decision, when the judge mentioned about all deliberate speed that blacks should attend. Uh, white schools, you realize how many black uh, principals and administrators lost their jobs across the country because of that? Uh Uh-oh. Well, first of all, not many here in Georgia. I'm going to tell you that right now because really they still have black schools that still got those same principals here today in Atlanta, Georgia. They didn't lose many at all. Not like you think, uh, uh, if you think they just consolidated uh, black schools here in Georgia, that did not happen. Now, Well, what they- happened is that I was, from I heard reports that over 30,000 across the country lost jobs, and that was an economic uh, shortfall that, you know, we could say is probably still being fed. And, you know, this whole thing, and, and you know, let's look today how you see education being so lousy and it's showing up in your historical black universities and you know, colleges and universities just look at the graduation rate among some of them like Spelman which is about 79% Howard is 64% we're not talking four years we're talking six years Lincoln in Missouri has a 17% graduation rate and all this do partly because of the public schools I'm saying because children coming from there does not have the capability of being able to meet the rigors of even black uh, colleges and universities. Uh-huh. I, I uh, uh, you know, I, um, I don't know. Uh, you think that uh, has to do with uh, uh, being uh, integrated into uh, uh, the larger society, or what? Is that what you're saying here? Well, uh, I think that the, what it has to do is the fact that black who have said time and time again that they want full choice. And see, that choice also has to do with where you go to school. You know, Justice Thomas said it so eloquently when he said, it is a fundamental truth that government cannot discriminate among its citizens on the basis of race. Racial isolation itself is not a harm, only state-enforced segregation is. Uh, And that is true. Justice Thomas 
in all due respect to him, I respect some of his uh, opinions, but uh, what Plessy did, and see, see, see right away, Mr. Bianchi, remember what I said, when, remember when I said when I led up, Brown versus Board of Education did not only, uh, was not only about integrating schools. It wasn't, about, it wasn't just about that. That was only one part of it, because when Brown overturned Plessy, it overturned all of uh, the separate equal laws. Well, I know of, you uh, mentioned public accommodations. Yeah, I can understand yeah, yeah, that, yeah, but I was just the, talking hey, on hey, schools. In the workplace. In the workplace. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I understand uh, that. I was just talking about the schools. Right. See, that's just one part of it. That's just one tiny part of it. The economic component of it was that we were discriminated against. America's African descent was discriminated against in the workplace, in the trade unions uh, uh, across uh, the society. What Plessy said was, and this is what the Supreme Court justice said, uh, Americans of African descent was socially inferior to the rest of of white society, and they could be taken out of uh, the society. And that's exactly what happened to Mr. Plessy down there. Remember, they drug him off the train. They drug him off the train, Mr. Bianchi, and locked him up in a cold jail cell by himself. What that act did, what that act did when they drug Mr. Plessy off that train because of his color was separate effectively all of Americans of African descent out of society. So, well, you know, Republicans what, passed what, what, public accommodation laws. Huh? Uh, uh, Republicans passed public accommodation acts, which gave blacks the right to uh, have those rights to ride on public accommodation. The problem was is that they weren't being enforced. Uh, they took away our 14th Amendment rights. That's uh, what Plessy was arguing about. He said, well, I got a 14th Amendment right to uh, to be protected on this public facility. Supreme Court said, no, you don't. Drug them off the well, train. the 1866 Civil Rights Act gave blacks the right, you know, <laughs> what yeah, uh, they yeah, had to come as, back. As, far, and, as, far, as, fast as, that, as fast as they put it in there, the South took them away with the separate equal law. Yeah, that's but what, that was because they weren't being, they weren't hey, being enforced. Huh? Because they weren't being enforced. They took them away. That's what Brown said. Remember, that's what Brown said. The separate equal laws was uh, inherently unequal. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was all about. Yeah, they took them away. And uh, uh, But anyway, that's, you know, we won that case in 1954. What people don't realize, Americans, we've got to litigate the case, Mr. Bianchi, because we won that case. All we've got to do is petition the court. Thurgood Marshall did not petition that court for financial reparation because of uh, the Chief Justice uh, threatened, uh, uh, told him not to do it because it would cause racial unrest uh, in the South. It's well, only- it would have. You know, in 1875 Civil Rights hey, Act. Hey, hey, listen, listen. It doesn't matter whether uh, it would have or not because it, it was already going on. It didn't stop. Remember, we kept we went in the streets after 1954 uh, uh, in the civil rights uh, marches all the way up through the 60s. They were still hanging people down here, huh? It's a, so. Well, what, well, first, but let me let's 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 let the people understand what these civil rights. See, people when they hear civil rights, they only think about President Johnson or Kennedy okay. in 1957, okay. who was who was against civil rights acts. 
there's been civil rights laws from. But way. you had you had you had in 1866 the Republicans passed Civil Rights Act on economics for blacks. You had in 1871 you had what was called the Ku Klux Klan Act, which prohibited ethnic violence against blacks. In 1875 you had what you just got through describing uh, equality and transportation facility and hotels and an inns that was established for blacks. And of course. In 1957, under Eisenhower, you had the uh, Civil Rights uh, Commission, which, as I said earlier, Kennedy was against. Then you went on into, you know, 1964 with Title VI, VII, and VIII, and employment and public access and housing. Uh, the ones that really came down on what you were mentioning about the, the employment in the workplace came about with the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act, as it applied to the ones I mentioned about employment, public access, and housing. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. All those, all those things have been in place. Uh, my only contention is that uh, in 1954, when Brown overturned that stuff, we won all those. We had won uh, uh, our uh, discrimination case against. Uh, well, uh, we, the court would just. Hey, the judge even came out and told uh, uh, Thurgood Marshall. Uh, yeah, you but you know that. Huh? The, the the court was just the court can only the court can only rule on a law as it applies to a constitutional amendment or an act of Congress. So that's what they basically done. They say the acts of the laws were already there, but they weren't not being enforced. Right, and, and uh, that's what right. that's what the Supreme Court done. Yeah, yeah, they was in, they was enforcing the law under Pressy. They they enforced just like. Hey, hey, you know what? They enforced the separate equal laws under the Supreme Court, under Plessy. Under Plessy. Right. They, they well, yeah. Pl- they kept, Plessy yes. kept out of the workplace equally. Plessy was a, Plessy was a court ruling at right. that time, which was yeah. based on, which, but there was no constitution based. Remember, Tanny also ruled in the Dred Scott case, which he was right, that a black no, man no, had no rights, that no, a white no, man no, was bound to... Like, and Lincoln said that was crazy. Lincoln uh, issued uh, an order to the federal marshal as soon as he took office to have Tanny locked up. He, and they well, he couldn't. Him. Lincoln uh, couldn't do that because that yes, was a that was, he was making that there was no rights at that time for black people Lincoln in the United, in the order, in the country. Lincoln issued an order to have Tanny locked up, and they ignored uh, what Tanny did. He uh, 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 calls all of the free. Uh, uh, Hushmo, uh, think about what you just said. How can a president? How can a president have a Supreme Court justice locked up under what pretense? The Supreme Court justice is there to rule based on the Constitution. That's a there was no rights. Blacks didn't have to have any rights until the Fourteenth Amendment, and the ones that was live when the Fourteenth Amendment was enacted didn't have. Mr. Tanny, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Now, what you're saying is not facts. Slaves didn't have any rights. There was free blacks in this country had every right. There was free blacks in this country who had fought in the, uh, during uh, uh, the uh, Revolutionary War, who had every free right. Blacks had, free blacks did not have any rights. They only were recognized in the states. State law do not preclude federal law. You just had a movie here that shows that. Remember the movie? You just go. You won't let me talk. You keep cutting me off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, as I said before, blacks in the north, because states did not recognize 
slavery as they did in the South. You remember, slave catchers could always come to the North and grab your butt. Even if you had papers, they could tear them up because you didn't have no federal rights. Mm-hmm. State law cannot out-trump federal law. Federal in the movie law, you just showed. Federal law didn't even have the word slavery in it. Federal, the federal I don't you right. It, it may not had it. It may not had it in there, but it didn't have anything in it that said that the slaves were citizens. Neither. But it didn't say anything. When I didn't say slave, I said, "Hey, listen, W. E. B. Du Bois's mother, uh, father fought in the Revolutionary War. That family was always free. That family they were was not all, free. Just, oh, that family was always if they was, free." Okay. Well, how, if they was free, how were they getting locked up by slave catchers, man? I'm talking about W.B. Du Bois. He wasn't getting locked up by no slave people. His family wasn't. Uh, they was from Massachusetts. They didn't never the get boy, locked up. The, the boy, the, the boy, that was the boy was from uh, from Massachusetts, Barrington, Massachusetts. Barrington, Massachusetts. He was in a town that every year it would send its best high school students to Harvard. The ranking well, high school students. But the well, year that Du Bois graduated, they didn't send him to Harvard. They sent him to Fisk. So how was he free? Uh, absolutely. They didn't get it. Well, well, now, now. I mean, we can have emotional freedom. Hey, 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 Mr. Bianchi, hold up now. Hold up. Hold up. I said he was free. I didn't say he wasn't discriminated against. Hey, hold up now. <clears throat> and Du Bois came after the 14th Amendment anyway. No, no. Well, he was born after the 14th Amendment. Oh, yeah, he was. Absolutely. He was born a citizen, according to the 14th he was, Amendment. He was, born, like, he was born that way. He wasn't born a slave. He was a free man. He was a free man. He was but people after, that were born, blacks that was in this country before the 14th Amendment were not United States citizens. Well, we, we'll argue that. I, I, we, we could argue that point all day, and I ain't well, arguing. Well, that's what the, that's what the that's why the 14th Amendment came about because it was an uproar against Justice Taney's decision. No, no, the 14th Here Amendment. Republicans. Hold up, hold up, Mr. Taney. No, no, the 14th Amendment came about after 600,000 people was killed in a civil war. That uh, Taney Taney was out because Lincoln said that he was uh, that law was no good. Period. Like you said, the Supreme Court can't write no law. Supreme Court didn't. Hey, that. In fact, Dred Scott, Dred Scott didn't even get to the Supreme Court. The judge made up some uh, a ruling, but he didn't make no law. He can't. The Supreme Court can't write no law. That's what Lincoln was talking about. Lincoln said, "You crazy." Listen, Dred Scott was here in my city at the courthouse <laughs> down on Second Street. I go there all the time. They got a statue in front of him, there with him and his wife. One of his siblings. Was was here in St. Louis because of the uh, dedication of that statue. Dred Scott sued. Dred Scott sued in this state because his 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 slave master had took him to a, what was supposed to be a free state. He was I in thought- Illinois and he came across here. Hey, the judge what? here, the uh, the courts here said he was not a, a, a he said he was not a free man. He appealed free- it all the way up to the Supreme Court and. Supreme you know the same thing existed. They wouldn't even take the case. Tanny wouldn't even take the Supreme Court of the United States didn't even take that case. They say you're right. He said he wasn't even. Uh, a the Supreme Court case. did rule on the case. Tanny did rule in the Dred Scott uh, case, man. Uh, 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 he didn't rule on it. Remember, he sent the case back. He ruled. He sent the case back to uh, Missouri, who had said that he didn't have no rights. 
Yeah, the Supreme Court didn't even rule on. He didn't even allow. They didn't even allow Dred Scott in that courtroom. Either we, uh, uh, and then he went on talking about blacks don't have no rights. The Dred Scott uh, case was in 1857, and the 14th Amendment was a amendment was July the 9th, 1868. Yeah, after, yeah, like ten years after the uh, after Dred. That's ten years, you know, after the Civil War. But you know, here's the point. Here's the point. The court was correct, just no, like in this movie. Well, what, what Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Just like I'm, in this movie, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, that's, yeah okay. I know you watched that. In no, the no, end, I, the guy I, came I, back after his property. Yeah. The slave master said, I would take you to court. The guy mm-hmm. that came back to get Solomon or Platt said that I would bankrupt you. Why did he say I would bankrupt you? He knew that he was going to lose in court because the man was not free. He was property. The only way that he could bankrupt the slave master was through the appellate courts, all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh huh. You know, I, I have not. That seen was in eighteen forty-one. You know, I have not seen that. Mo- I have not seen that movie, but uh, 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 I can uh, I can uh, uh, appreciate uh, uh, what he's talking about there. Yeah, he was property in eighteen forty-one. I, you know, that's not. I, I'm so far. I'm so done with that uh, end of uh, my. Hey, I got a new book coming out, Mister Bianchi. Racism. Yeah, yeah. You keep up with it too. I want you to get a copy. I need to sell about a hundred thousand copies here. Uh, uh, it'll be out between Christmas and New Year's. Racism and hate and American reality. I'm chronicling my family's history here in, in Georgia, in the country, about two hundred years of it, two hundred thirty-four years of it, back to seventeen eighty-four, right here in the state of Georgia. And I kind of cover racism and hate as it impacted my family. And uh, I talk about a lot of the same things that uh, that 12 Years of Slave uh, probably is going to cover a lot of that same thing. So, you know, the one thing that stood out in that movie right. that we don't consider. What's that? It's also a good point on the issue of reparation. Uh-huh. Is that, for instance, Platt, Platt was bought for $1,000. And the woman was bought for $600. Uh-huh. And when he was sent down to the cotton plantation from the tobacco farm, uh-huh. There was another black woman down there that was picking cotton, too. Now, they had one scene where they was weighing the cotton that each individual slave had picked. Uh-huh. He was pissed off at Platt because he only picked 182 pounds of cotton that day. But this <laughs> black woman by the name of Patsy picked 512 pounds of cotton. That's and the of average cotton. that slaves done, the average that slaves done was about 200 pounds a day. Now, yeah. check this out. During the during the Civil War, just when 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 Jefferson not Jefferson but Davis, who was the leader of the Confederacy, was trying to get uh, Britain to come in on the side of the Confederacy, you know Mississippi states like Mississippi had the economy on cotton was greater than the entire country of the United States. Uh, Britain was buying up Britain was buying up cotton. So what? And Jefferson Davis wanted to bring. Uh, Britain onto the side of the Confederacy. So what did he do? He created a cotton famine by burning about 12 million bales of cotton. That immediately caused the price of cotton to go up to a dollar 89 cents. Now, if Patsy was if Patsy was picking 500 pounds of cotton a day, she was she was doing over 300 thousand dollars worth of cotton a year, and they only paid 600 dollars for her. Plus, the United States government was taxing raw cotton at about like 
25 cents a pound or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. But the United States government itself reaped a windfall on just cotton production just by taxing raw cotton itself. So those there are arguments for, you know, the case on reparation. Oh, absolutely. Hey, I agree with everything you said. Hey, 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 I agree with everything you said, and I got all of that in my book, believe me. Hey, but listen to Mr. Bianchi. Just, uh, I want to mention one more thing, too, if you don't mind. Okay, I think I was, it was great of Clarence Thomas to say, and I quote, I think segregation is bad. I think it's wrong. It's immoral. I fight it against every breath in my body. But you don't need to sit next to a white person to learn how to read and write. The NAACP needs to say that. Another thing he said, I've been very partial to Malcolm X, particularly his self-help teaching. Hey, I agree with everything Clarence said on that. Hey, me and Clarence can agree on some things. Hey, believe it or not, me and Clarence uh, Thomas agree on some things. Absolutely. And I, he's, but a right, good, he's a good jurist. I, I, I don't believe that, but I, me and him do agree on certain things. Hey, Mr. Bianchi. Well, how said? can you say you don't believe? How can you say you don't? He's not a good jurist. Then you just said what he was a descendant argument in one of his cases, Jenkins versus the state of Missouri. Right, right now, I just told you I believe in a lot of. Now, obviously, we're going to agree on some things, and I agree with some of uh, his uh, uh, thought uh, processes. Hey, uh, Mr. Uh, Bianchi, but I ain't going to discuss uh, 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 Clarence Thomas tonight. I'll do a whole show on him if you want me to. Uh, one thing no, I, I was to... just bringing that up on this particular case that applied to Brown. That's what he was quoting on. Okay. Okay. Now, I, uh, 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 I'm i not, I'm not uh, you know, I wasn't for uh, the integration but uh, and all that stuff, but that's, that's, it's in my book. I'll tell you my uh, thoughts on it. You know, if we could have got access to the 46 million acres that were set aside in 1866 in the Southern Homestead Act, uh, the uh, citizens of this country uh, wouldn't have to worry about uh, integrating uh, 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 Americans of African descent into uh, the larger society. That's part of my argument. Well, you know, blacks could go after blacks could go after uh, federal lands today. Uh, Claude Anderson talks about that. And that federal and that forty-six million acres was all federal land. You know what happened to it? They took that off the books, and uh, the separate equal laws prevented my family here in Georgia from accessing that property. Hey, but anyway, hey, hey, Mr. And Harris Nick down there in your woods, huh? Isn't isn't there a county called Harris Neck down there in your woods? Yeah, you you mentioned that. That's over by the coast, over there by uh, 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 Savannah, over that way. That That's land a, is owned by blacks. That they they permitted the federal government to put an air base and uh, airstrip in there during World War Two, and absolutely. the federal government haven't gave them that land back yet. Ain't gave that land back yet. You're absolutely right, because you told me about it, and I, I did uh, some research on it. You're absolutely right. They still own that land today. But let me tell you about uh, uh, Britain uh, uh, wanting to get on the side of the South during the Civil War. You know what prevented them from uh, uh, getting on the side of the South during that war? Well, I can tell you why come what Davis did didn't work, because Britain was uh, hard and cotton. They were buying way more than than what they needed. But you know the one reason they didn't uh, intercede on the South behalf in that war? What was the reason? Abraham Lincoln had one foreign ally at that time, and it was Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. Tsar mm-hmm. Nicholas II of Russia sent two fleets of uh, Navy ships to the east coast of, uh, of the United States and one to the west coast and told England and France to keep hands 
out of that uh, uh, civil war, and, and that prevented England and, and uh, uh, France from getting further involved in it. Check the history out. Mr. Bianca, well, I got to let, go. let you go. I'm coming right up on it. I sure do appreciate talking to you, though. <laughs> All right, then. Maybe we can talk again. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Hey, but don't forget my book. Go to HushmoBlack.com. Go to HushmoBlack.com okay. and just keep checking right there. All right, then. Thank you very much. Thank you, and uh, you have a, a good holiday, too, okay? Okay. We'll talk to you later here. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, <laughs> that was Mr. Bianchi from uh, the good state of Missouri, the show me state. He's got some facts. He's got some facts now. I don't, you know, you got to dissect uh, what he's talking about, but he's got some interesting points there. You know, most of them are true. You know, he, uh, history is history. You can't, uh, uh, it's how you interpret it, though, because I, I, I you know, uh, the 14th Amendment wasn't a result of <laughs> nothing that Dred Scott or uh, uh, Tanny did uh, in the bigger scheme of things, you know, because that Civil War came along. That Civil War came along and has changed the status of some 5 million uh, Americans acting as since. Yeah, so the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment came about because of that uh, uh, horrendous uh, civil war that was fought. That was fought, by the way, uh, uh, in my mind, in my humble opinion, uh, at the direction of uh, the man upstairs. <laughs> hey, y'all, I don't mean to get the, I don't want to go there, but uh, the man upstairs... Uh, was driving that thing. Hey, Lincoln, who, who, Lake, Abraham Lincoln says himself, yeah. The man upstairs was driving that war. Uh, the man upstairs, yeah, responded to the prayers of some five million enslaved, uh, uh, some five million uh, enslaved uh, children of his. <laughs> hey, no doubt. Uh, that, that, uh, that's, that's that's some heavy stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the war just didn't come about. It just didn't come about, y'all. My my ancestor was praying on their knees uh, uh, to the man upstairs for their uh, salvation. Absolutely, did he hear it? Absolutely, he did. And <laughs> guess what? Absolutely, he heard him. Uh, Hey, y'all, it's about uh, 8 o'clock in the ATL here, y'all. We're going to take another quick break, y'all. We'll be back right after the uh, turn of the hour. Y'all hang in there. You got me in the hush, Mo. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Eight here. Two, let's say two minutes after eight, yeah. Something like that. That's close enough. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. Wow, we got uh, we got started with uh, Mr. Bianchi talking about Brown and trying to understand that thing, y'all. Y'all, y'all, uh, y'all go back and uh, do some research on uh, that Brown versus Board of Education and uh, do some research on Plessy. Plessy versus Ferguson, those two uh, cases uh, bookshell uh, each other there. Uh, for those of y'all out there in cyberspace who don't realize what happened there, uh, Plessy in 1896, that was a monumental case that you hear so much about, uh, 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 Homer Plessy. Homer Plessy uh, was sitting in this... Uh, in this train, this public train, public transportation train uh, in uh, Louisiana down there in uh, 18... Uh, I think he actually got locked up in 1892. By the time they got to the Supreme Court, it was 1896, and they decided that uh, what happened when he was sitting in this uh, segregated uh, car, because they had to separate equal laws, remember? In the South, they could separate you uh, out of public facilities at that time. Uh, Homer Plessy uh, went to uh, court and said that his 14th Amendment rights uh, had been violated. His 14th Amendment rights was violated under the separate equal thing. And he had uh, every right in the world to be uh, in that place. It was a public uh, uh, facility here. That train was, uh, was a public, uh, public facility here. You can't uh, discriminate against me because of the 14th Amendment guaranteed me uh, equals a protection under the law. Supreme Court said no, Mr. Uh, Homer Plessy. Supreme Court cannot uh, make you socially equal uh, to uh, the white folks uh, on that train. And uh, you have no legal right socially uh, 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 whatsoever to be setting up in there amongst them. You're socially inferior. That's what the uh, 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 Supreme Court uh, said in Plessy. said American African descent is socially inferior and could be separated out of uh, society, social white society. And that's what they did when they drug uh, Mr. Homer Plessy off that train. They separated him out of uh, society, out of uh, the larger uh, uh, white society here in this country. Plessy did, out of all the society. It wasn't just about that. Uh, remember, it wasn't just about, as it turned out, over the next 90 years after, <laughs> after uh, 
for the next 60 years after Plessy came down in 1896 up until 1954. That didn't just uh, uh, separate America's African descent out of uh, uh, off the train and uh, uh, other such public facilities. It also uh, separated us out of uh, various jobs in the workplace. Uh, yeah, it harmed us in the workplace uh, uh, tremendously. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 it devastated us uh, because, uh, that uh, the equal laws did uh, economically. So, so when Brown overturned Plessy, now yeah, Plessy uh, uh, didn't have anything to do with school integration, you know, at all. <laughs> didn't have anything to do with school integration at all. To the extent that it came together. In Plessy, uh, under the uh, under the uh, uh, opinion that uh, blacks were socially inferior and could be separated uh, out of a white society, which included the schools, which included uh, yeah, which included uh, uh, all educational institutions from grade school to college, uh, we fought. It took. Uh, Charles Hamilton Houston, NAACP, and that group, some 30 straight years from, well, from, let's see, when they really zeroed in on that thing, well, they started fighting it in 1896, as soon as it came down, we fought continuously up until uh, 1954, but uh, Charles Hamilton Houston and his legal team of Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill, they fought that thing for 30 straight years almost, well, 20-some, 25 straight years. Uh, finally, I won the thing uh, in 1854. Yeah, but it was was about much more than uh, school integration, yeah? Yeah. That's where people get confused. They think that, uh, yeah, if uh, Brown overturned uh, 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 had uh, to do with nothing but just integrating these black kids into these uh, schools here. I mean, the fact that overturned Plessy, Plessy did a lot more. That didn't have anything to do with school integration. Plessy had to do with taking Americans out and sent out of the whole of uh, society. Yeah. And that's what they did. That's what happened here. It's not like, it's not, see, this history is not uh, uh, too hard to comprehend when you look at what happened to blacks in the, the workplace and the trade unions. Couldn't get in them. In the workplace, making a third of what the, uh, the white worker was making. Come on. And uh, it devastated us throughout the society. Uh, and we we won that case uh, in 1954. Brown, uh, uh, the Supreme Court said that, uh, yeah, this separate equal laws was inherently unequal and uh, uh, did away with them. But that never compensated and never compensated the, the injured. Uh, no, not from a financial standpoint. No, well, yeah, did it correct uh, the uh, uh, public access? It did on the books, but still, America's Arkansas was marching in the street up, in, up through the 60s. Y'all, y'all know the story of the Civil Rights Movement. We was marching in the streets up until the 60s to try to uh, get the uh, some reparations 
still didn't get it. Still never even petitioned the court for financial reparation. None of some threat of uh, racial terrorism. Come on, we can't uh, we can't uh, uh, go on and pretend. Not with the conversation of the other day. We can't pretend that uh, the economic divide has just uh, uh, just happened. It didn't just happen. That was a reason for that was a reason for uh, this economic divide as it pertains to America's happiness set. Now, the affirmative action laws and uh Clarence Thomas realized this too. And and Mr. Biaker was talking about uh, uh Clarence Thomas. I agree with some of his uh uh, uh thoughts. Uh, processing, no doubt, because he he's not a affirmative action uh, opponent, or is he a, a voter uh, 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 rights advocate? He contends that the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment uh, 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 took care of all of that, and I agree. We should not have had to have any other laws uh, uh, dealing with uh, uh, whether or not I'm a citizen, whether or not I'm free and uh, 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 deserve all the protections under the 14th Amendment, uh, whether I can vote under the 15th Amendment, all that stuff should have been uh, uh, protected, and we wouldn't have had any reason for uh, 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 the equal, the affirmative action laws and all this affirmative action, uh, the voting rights and all that stuff uh, wouldn't been, uh, would not have been necessary had... Uh, the federal government prohibited uh, the southern states from enacting all these separate equal laws that took all those rights away, the voting rights, uh, every other kind of thing. We wouldn't need it. But that wasn't the case. That was not the case. Uh, I mean, we we got it all in my book, y'all. Go read my book uh, uh, when it come out. It'll be out between Christmas and, thing, and New Year's. Racism and Hate in American Reality it, uh, provides an ample amount of uh, food for thought. Uh, and to people who really want to, you know, just kind of research the history of, uh, of uh, my family's journey, America's African descent uh, journey here in uh, the state of Georgia, here in this country, to a larger extent can be uh, uh, can be brought into uh into the into play. But you know, we we just talking about history here and how uh the economic divide can be uh closed uh, in our community in, in uh Americans actions and in that community because remember um in the affirmative action thing they had some nine to Twelve different uh, uh, minority groups here in this country, <clears throat> uh, including uh, uh, white females. White females are a minority under under the affirmative action laws. White females are, are a minority. How they make up more of them than any other group in the country? How they're a minority? I don't know. I don't begrudge them anything. They just happen to get uh, most of uh, the affirmative action dollars uh, since. Uh, those laws were uh, put in place in the 1960s. White women, they've got most of the uh, affirmative action dollars. Now, me, I say American African descent has to be uh, a separate uh, uh, class of people. They are a separate class of people injured by Plessy uh, from any other 
a minority uh, a group in the country here, yeah? No doubt. No doubt. Uh, when it comes to financial reparations, uh, we have a direct uh, a direct uh, uh, case against the uh, 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 Plessy, y'all, we were in Japan. We were, me, uh, born here in Georgia in 1945 without uh, 14th Amendment rights protection, uh, was injured. Uh, and uh, I say, I make uh, 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 the argument today that uh, American veterans need to uh, petition uh, the Justice Department to uh, look back in. Uh, uh, look back at that case. Uh, uh, look back at that Brown decision and see why not. Uh, 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 we can't petition uh, that court because remember, uh, the separate equal laws was uh, uh, nothing short of a genocide. Surely there's no statute of limitation on genocide. There's a countless and hundreds of people died. Uh, through uh, the separate, under the separate equal laws, and y'all black folks, hey, hey, there's no uh, statute of limitation on genocide. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, we we still today can petition uh, that court uh, for reparation. We don't have to refight or re-argue or re-litigate anything. Brown already decided. Uh, in my favor, uh, in that case, so yeah, we uh, <clears throat> we need to seriously uh, look at that aspect of it. I, I got it wrote up in my book. Y'all, y'all take a look at it and see what you think. Uh, um, hopefully, we can get the pals to be to take a look at it. I hope, I certainly hope our. Our intellectual ten uh, percenters uh, take a look at it and uh, perhaps uh, uh, further further the argument uh, on our behalf on Americans of African descent on their behalf. We uh, we got yeah we got our you know talented tenth out there. Y'all know uh, W. E. B. Du Bois. He uh, talked about our uh, that our we as a community we need it for our uh, 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 top timber centers to uh, rise to the top and lead us out of uh, the uh, demise that uh, we were in back uh, around the turn of the century, around the ni- 1900, 1906, I think he came out with it, said that uh, our, top ten- uh, our top timber centers in our uh, community have to rise to the top and lead everybody else, the other 90% of the community, out of uh, uh the racist, separate uh, 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 equal uh, uh, conditions, that the political purgatory and all that stuff that we found ourselves in around in that uh, at that time. And uh, sure enough, what we have today out front for us is our caliber tenth, our top ten percent of who you hear from in our community. They do a great job. The likes of Al Sharpton, Tabitha uh, Smiley. Uh, Joy Reid, uh, Melissa Harris, Michael Dyson. Uh, it's just a ton of them out there uh, advocating on our behalf. And uh, we love all of them. We, we, we just uh, uh, need to 
uh, provide them uh, further food for uh, for uh, thought, further food for them to ingest to uh, further carry on their uh, advocacy on our behalf. And that's what my book uh, seeks to do, uh, more so than uh, anything else. I mean, surely it's not a literary uh, masterpiece. I'm not a trained journalist or anything like that. That's just right about my, my history as best I can, uh, as best I can, you know, from a layman's uh, uh, unlettered uh, uh, person's uh, uh, perspective. Uh, yeah, and I think we need more of that. I think all uh, more people should uh, write about their family's history to get it on record to let people know that uh, 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 more about it uh, to educate the masses about uh, our history here in this country. It, uh, it's important. It's relevant, uh, especially uh, today. People think. <laughs> That uh, we're just uh, a bunch of uh, no good, uh, uh, lazy, uh, 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 shiftless uh, people who happen uh, who won't get off of their butt to uh, go to work. <laughs> That's what some of, some of them say. Yeah, we we don't we gonna cut out food stamps. We are gonna do this because these people will not work. It's crazy, yeah. It is crazy. Uh, so we need to let them know our uh, history here in the country, and uh, we're some of the hardest working people in the world, <laughs> no doubt. Certainly uh, in this country, we, uh, we hey, uh, somebody said we worked 300 years for free as slaves. Hey, no doubt. Don't let nobody ever tell you that uh, Americans of African descent are uh, not among the hardest uh, workers on the face of this earth. <laughs> Because it's all junk. <laughs> they uh, uh, hold their own uh, uh, if uh, given the uh, uh, table opportunity. Yeah, if that had occurred uh, after 1865, after the Civil War was over, had they been assimilated into uh, uh, the larger society, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today. We would not be where we are today talking about racism and all this crazy stuff. Uh, here's, um, in the year 2013, soon to be 2014, we're still dealing with this crazy uh, uh, stuff. Uh, uh, really, uh, right now, it's got the country uh, at a standstill. This thing has shut this whole government down through uh, this black president we got. That government is is not doing half the thing. The government is running about one tenth of, a, of what it should be operating on. This Congress, uh, not even that, because of a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that we have a uh, president of African descent in office, and racism come into play here, y'all. Oh yeah. It don't have to. Yeah, that small. Hey, now I contend that it's twenty percent racist in the country. It seems like a small percentage, but that's a powerful, powerful segment of uh, of the society of government. That twenty percent in government, and remember, the racists cut across all segments of of the society, even in government. Even in you see what the Tea Parties are doing now, fifty or sixty during 
was uh, uh, some 80 of them, but now they're down to about 60, 60 uh, congressional members up there, and that do-nothing uh, Congress, House members, uh, literally has this government operating on uh, uh, a tenth of, uh, <laughs> of the cylinders that uh, should be running. Just that one little segment because of uh, the hatred of uh, this president. And I mean hatred. I mean, I, I mean hate, serious hatred. Now, I've never hated the president. <laughs> I've lived in Hushbos uh, damn near 70 years. I, I've never hated a president. I've disliked some of them. Oh, hell yeah. I don't like uh, uh, half of Reagan's policies or Nixon, uh, uh, Nixon or any of Bush's. I didn't hate any of them. <laughs> didn't hate any of them. And, and uh, you know, disagreed uh, uh, with uh, uh, some of their policies. But I didn't hate them. Hate never even came into the, the equation. We have got... <laughs> We have got citizens in this country that legitimately hate this president. They hate uh, this president. Can you imagine that? They hate this president because of his color and no other reason. No other reason because, you know, if they understand anything about the Constitution, uh, they know that the president... (laughs) can't do anything uh, uh, by himself to uh, affect uh, uh, to uh, 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 cause them uh, uh, such uh, anguish (laughs) not by uh, changing that constitution he came and they do it Uh, so uh, all this uh, all uh, uh, this this, uh, farce about uh, them Disliking him because of his policies, because he's going after their gun rights, and because he's trying to take over their health uh, uh, care is a facade, y'all. They're going after that guy. This this small segment is going after this guy and dislike him and hate him because of his color, period. Period. Uh, we uh, contend that uh, it's coming to a head because I, I you know, right now in uh, uh, the president now, I believe uh, he's going to have a pretty good 2014 uh, on the world stage because, you know, on the world stage, the world is starting to uh, uh coalesce around uh, a lot of uh, his ideology uh, in terms of uh, 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 economic uh, disparity and all that stuff. The Pope, the Pope himself, Pope Francis himself uh, was talking about the uh, idolatry of uh, of money that has taken uh, uh, hold of and uh, uh, of uh, a lot of uh, the uh, economic systems here uh, in the world, uh, including capitalism. Uh, yeah, that uh, the uh, idol worship of uh, that almighty dollar is what the Pope is talking about and how it has uh, skewed uh, the moral uh, compass of uh, so many uh, people, so many people that here in this country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> 
the disparity uh, of wealth has to do with, in a large, to a large extent, that uh, uh, idolatry of uh, money. Uh, that has to be uh, corrected. That economic imbalance uh, has to be corrected at some point because, you know, the people, uh, 1% of the, uh, the population can't control 90% of the wealth. That thing's going to implode. That thing's got to implode. I mean, if, <laughs> just think about it. Does it make sense that 1% of the population controls 90% of the wealth? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And it shouldn't uh, <laughs> it shouldn't make sense. Uh, not to anyone. And so I think the president, along with the Pope, have a uh, powerful argument to make uh, when it comes to economic uh, uh, inequality. It just so happened. Now, we ain't talking about just, when I say uh, uh, economic equality now, we ain't just talking about Americans acting to sit here in this country. There's a lot of uh, uh, whites uh, uh, in every other ethnic uh, uh Class of folks in this country that, that are poor, that are poor. There's more white people on Medicare, Medicare, Medicaid, or any other social uh, 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 programs, way more than uh, American Africans. Eh? Yeah, just by sheer numbers alone, y'all. So we ain't, we ain't just talking about black folks. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> We're talking about that economic uh, disparity because across uh, – uh, you remember uh, Mitt Romney to my forty-seven percent. He to my forties. You know, it ain't forty-seven percent poor American. It ain't. <laughs> but Mitt Romney was talking about forty-seven percent, like as if, uh, uh, yeah. But uh, that economic divide, y'all, is serious. And it just it's not just about uh, 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 blacks, <laughs> poor black folks. It's about poor everybody, folks. <laughs> In this country, yeah. Hey. So, uh, yeah, just because I advocate on behalf of American Africans, uh, I, I advocate for justice for everybody, uh, no matter. Uh, no matter. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, what else did we have? Uh, we had some. We done got off on a tangent here, y'all, on the Hushmo Black Forum, uh, <laughs> like we often do. And uh, Pope Francis, by the way, we were talking about Pope Francis, Time Magazine's person of the year, y'all, the Pope. Uh, they couldn't have made a better selection in my mind. Right away, uh, the right the right way is uh, got something negative to say about it. <laughs> they call the Pope a socialist <laughs> because he dared to... Uh, to uh, advocate on behalf of poor folks. <laughs> Here's a man of the church, a uh, man of the cloth. Uh, and they uh head of uh, some one and a half billion uh, parishioners uh, worldwide. Uh, that Catholic church is about a billion and a half strong. Uh, he's over there. And all uh, and. <laughs> Uh, Michelle Bachman says he's too liberal. He, she don't agree with 
I don't know how, you know, what moral authority do anyone <laughs> uh, 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 have or, uh, to say that uh, 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 the Pope is uh, too liberal? <laughs> who who in this world? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's a crazy world we live in here today, y'all. And it just so happened now. It's a crazy, crazy world here, y'all. But uh, yeah, this thing is getting. And when the Pope started talking about uh, the idolatry of uh, of money, uh, I suggest people uh, take notice. <laughs> I suggest anybody, and everybody, to take notice of what this this guy is talking about here. Yes. Hey, y'all, it's about, uh, wow, it's 28 minutes to nine, y'all. We're about to thing behind us here tonight. We so enjoy being out here with y'all every uh, Saturday. You can find us out here on Blog Talk, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Great, great medium for uh, getting your uh, word out. I recommend it. We come out here 7 to 9 every uh, Saturday. Uh <laughs> Catch us over uh, on hushmoblack.com if you want to follow us from there. But you can go to blog talk, blog talk radio forward slash hushmo-black. You can catch us there. Go to hushmoblack.com. Follow us on our Facebook page. We're there. Uh, And please... (laughs) Uh, pick up a copy of our new book coming out sometime shortly after Christmas, y'all. Sometime we hope between Christmas and New Year's. We're trying to, it just went to the printer here a couple of days ago, so I'm taking about two or three weeks to turn it around. Hopefully we can get it out between Christmas and New Year's. But we'll let you know. It'll be broadcast all over my Facebook page. And uh, hopefully we can get it out to the masses. Uh, when it's published that day, we're going to try to bombard the airwaves. We want y'all to blow it up on uh, Facebook. My Facebook friends, when you see the Hushbo put his book out there, we want y'all to forward that thing on to all of your friends because we need to sell. <laughs> hey, we sell. We need to sell. <laughs> we need to sell a few copies here, y'all. Three ninety nine electronic version, uh, hard copy, uh, sixteen ninety five, the uh, paperback. Uh, yeah, but but the electronic version. Three ninety nine, y'all. We making it affordable to everybody. We want everybody to get a copy of it. We want the debate to be large and broad, y'all. <laughs> we want the debate to be large and broad. Uh, you know, we it's unfiltered by uh, academia, y'all. <laughs> it's unfiltered by academia. Absolutely, we don't uh, we don't have no kind of journal uh, 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 journalism uh, degree or any of that stuff. We just uh, write from uh, from the roots, from the grassroots. <laughs> We're a grassroots writer. Uh, it's uh, unfiltered. Yes, yeah, unfiltered. I mean, yeah. yeah you got, when you write about the history, you got to write it like, uh, hey, it's nothing that hasn't been written before. I can tell you that. No, hey, go back and look at uh, 
some of the works of W.E.B. Du Bois that uh, it's hard to find in public domain now. Go back and look at uh, Gunnar Murdoch. <laughs> Go back and look at his stuff. Now that's, that'll blow your mind, y'all. That will blow your mind. <laughs> Go back and look at uh, his work, some 1,500 pages of uh, An American Dilemma. The Negro Problem in Modern Democracy uh, was a title of that work done between like 1938 and 1944 by a team of uh, social scientists led by uh, Dr. Gunnar Murdahl, a social scientist out of Sweden, taught at the uh, University of Stockholm back then. Uh, the Carnegie uh, Corporation invited him over to, uh, <laughs> to uh, do a study on just how it was, <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> The dilemma America found itself in with the uh, with the Negro at that time, and uh, he did an excellent job. Uh, he uh, he used, as a matter of fact, some of the brightest uh, people out of our community to work on that thing with him. And one of them being W. E. B. Du Bois he used a lot of W. E. B. Du Bois uh, work because really there's no way at that time, 1944. Uh, W.E. Du Bois in his 70s, in his late 70s, he had studied, that was, you know, that guy studied American records like no other social scientist we've ever had uh, 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 before or after him. You know? <laughs> he studied, so so by the time uh, uh, Dr. Gunnar Murdoch got here in 1938, uh, uh, our, our uh position in this country had been documented by uh, by uh, W. Du Bois for one, but a lot of other uh, uh, of, uh, scientists, social scientists, black social scientists here in this country had documented our history. None of, none of them like W. E. Du Bois, but uh, we, he was running uh, the Crisis Magazine by, at that time, and uh, uh, we uh, didn't have the, uh, we didn't have the clout to uh, uh, get it uh, to get the story out there. Uh, what was uh, taking place and uh, some of the problems that uh, the society faced uh, with the uh, uh, assimilating uh, Americans African descent into the society. Uh, why uh, was it that uh, minorities from all over Europe could come here? Could come here uh, as late as the 1890s and uh, early. Uh, 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 1900s and uh, assimilate uh, into uh, the American society, uh, unlike uh, the Negro who had been here some 200 years, 250 uh, <laughs> since the country uh, uh, started, since the beginning of this country, and were uh, never able to fully assimilate into uh, the larger society. And it was because of racism, <laughs> period. It was because of this anti amalgamation uh, doctrine that uh, existed here uh, in the country. Yeah. So we, <laughs> he, he, Dr. Murdoch, this thing is so uh, mind-boggling, y'all. You know, that, that whole study is uh, up there at the, uh, 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 the Schomburg uh, Library up there in New York, up in Harlem, y'all. 
go 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 to the internet and uh, uh, Google uh, Google it. Yeah, just Google Gunnar Murdoch. Don't throw you into it, but yeah, the uh, an American dilemma, the Negro problem in modern democracy is the title of the work, and uh, it's just a, it's fascinating what that guy put out there and why it is. He dig real deep down into the reasons why American African descent could never uh, was never allowed to fully assimilate into uh, this society. It has to do with uh, racism. It has to do with miscegenation, uh, as they call it. That's uh, inbreeding between the races. And y'all don't know miscegenation. That's where uh, <laughs> the different races cross breed. Well, they didn't have a society. The society didn't have too much of a problem with uh, the crossbreeding when it was uh, a white male and a black female. Just about all the founders' fathers had kids by the black slaves, <laughs> and so forth. And so they didn't have a problem with it going that way. They had a real big problem when uh, 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 <laughs> black males were trying to <laughs> uh, 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 mate with white ladies. They had a big, big problem with that. So it was, it was kind of like a one-way street here. It's all right for uh, uh, the uh, uh, white females to uh, uh, partake in uh, whatever with uh, the black females. But the other way, was that was taboo. That was taboo. So... so uh, uh, <clears throat> This uh, uh, this study by Dr. Gunnar Murdoch uh, cover all of that and more. Y'all got to y'all got to check it out. I, I just uh, I took bits and pieces of it and I got it in my book. Just bits and, bits and pieces of it. You check it out. But you wanna you wanna check out the whole fifteen hundred page uh, study. Read it for your own edification. You need to just for your own edification. It, it's uh, it's fascinating. Fascinating reading. Uh, most of you know, most of my age have a general idea of uh, uh, racism and discrimination and the likes. But the younger generation don't have a clue. The younger generation really don't have a clue as to uh, what uh, uh, what it really was a li- uh, was like and why uh, uh, all of the economic uh, uh, <laughs> disparities. Uh, uh, what caused all of the economic disparity that we uh, have here in this country today? They really don't uh, understand at all. And, and uh, that study and my book tried to uh, to lead the young folks at least to uh, places where they can go to further investigate uh, their history. Yeah, we we need to do a much better job of passing on our history here in this country and this uh, society to our younger generation, uh, giving them a, a clearer understanding uh, uh, of just where it is that uh, they came from and uh, where uh, where it is they need to go, uh, uh, where it is that they need to get to. Which includes we've got a lot of work to do on our own. My, my advocacy for reparation and all this stuff do not uh, uh, preclude uh, uh, our own efforts. In our own community, we have to do a much better job of uh, employing our own, absolutely, educating our own, advancing our own. 
we have to do a much better job of it. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, don't ever get me wrong when I start talking about reparations. That I, uh, 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 I'm advocating uh, the blacks should uh, just sit back and wait on the government to uh, give them some kind of handout. That is not what I'm about at all. That is not what I'm about. I'm about work. <laughs> hey, I'm about work. I worked all my life. Uh, from the time I was 18 until the time I was 62 and still working a day on my, <laughs> out there on the Hushmo Blackboard. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, no, I'm about work. Uh, I'm about moving our, uh, our community uh, uh, ahead on our uh, own as hard and as diligently as we possibly can. Uh, and that means giving back. All of the rich uh, 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 folks in our community, we got to do a lot a better job of uh, giving back. We have to do a lot better job of giving back uh, to our community. As, now, that's just a fact. Yeah? We can't sit back and just wait on uh, anybody. And we know that. We know that. We can't just sit back and wait on anybody to give us anything. Uh, we have to uh, get out and uh, work as hard as we can to uh, to uh, to move ahead. To move ahead, uh, uh, it doesn't uh, 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 preclude uh, my uh, my argument for reparations. That's just you know that's just one of the issues that we have. We're going to continue to fight for that because at the end of the day. Uh, I believe uh, we're old, and uh, it would do a tremendous uh, amount of good um, for the uh, first of all for the uh, uh, moral uh, uh, compass of this country. It would do a lot of good, and then it would uh, do a lot of good for this sagging uh, economy that we live in. This sagging economy that we live in, it would do a lot of good for that if. Uh, uh, Americans of African descent, that class of Americans that was born before 1954, who was injured by Plessy, if the government uh, uh, gave them the reparation that they won uh, in that uh, overthrow of uh, uh, Plessy, uh, they, uh, uh, the economy would, uh, oh, you know, we're talking about three, four hundred billion dollars. How much did they give Wall Street? Eight hundred billion dollars. To bail that thing out? What was it? <laughs> yeah, we 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 did serious about uh, our advocacy for reparation. You know? It's just a, a more, first of all, it's a moral uh, uh, obligation uh, that the country has. I mean, you got to satisfy that debt. That debt has to be satisfied, not just because I said so, and not because I advocate for it. It's just a uh, rule of law, <laughs> not only of uh, legal law, of moral law. You can't uh, uh, take away the value of the people without uh, compensating them in return on the end. You can find it, y'all. You can find it in the good book if you want to <laughs> trace the history of the Israelites, that story. And that's all it is, a story about uh, God's law and how it works uh, uh, and how it works uh, and it has to do with uh, 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 equal justice 
you know, that, that skill of justice has to be balanced. You can't just, hey, uh, uh, that skill of justice has to be balanced. So you cannot uh, deprive, uh, you can't, uh, uh, hey, the 500,000 slaves here in Georgia uh, uh, in 1860 had an intrinsic value to the state of Georgia over $300 million every year through taxes and stuff like that, over $300 million uh, after the Civil War, those same 500,000 uh, Americans of African descent was worth, worth, worthless. They weren't worth anything to anybody, not even to themselves, whereas uh, the, uh, uh, the slave owners used to uh, uh, <laughs> take uh, 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 their uh, uh <laughs> certificate to the bank and borrow money on them. Like they were, they were property. They were their property. They'd take their, uh, take their uh, slaves and uh, use them as uh, collateral to uh, finance uh, their, uh, uh, their business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a fact. It ain't, you know, this is. So here, uh, before the Civil War, we got a, a value of $300 million to the state. After the Civil War, we're penniless. Popular, uh, property, <laughs> no property, no education. Uh, can't it can't be done? You got to uh, compensate those people some kind of way. You got to keep the value, their value equal on each side of that equation. Because if you don't, uh, the scale of justice get unbalanced, and unfortunately, that's exactly what happened after eighteen sixty-five. Uh, remember, blacks, uh, 80% of them was illiterate, didn't have no money. They set up a, 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 hey, Lincoln and the Republicans did set up a plan. They set up a plan, y'all. They set aside 46 million acres to start, uh, set up the Freeman's Bureau, uh, set up a number of schools and, you know, did a whole bunch of things that went a long ways, too. Went a long ways into... Uh, getting us assimilated into the society. Fell woefully short when it came to giving them access to real capital, real access into assimilate society uh, because of uh, racism, racism, separate equal laws, deprived, uh, deprived uh, millions of uh, Americans of uh, equal access to uh, the society. It's just a fact. You know, we, we're talking about history now. This is old history. This ain't nothing new. Uh, this is just what happened. <laughs> it's just what happened. Yeah. I mean, blacks at that time in this, in my family, in the state of Georgia, in 1865, when that Civil War was over, we had every skill necessary to uh, take advantage of that 46 million acres of property that was uh, 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 set aside in that southern homestead. Uh, at, yeah. Oh yeah, we had everything from brick masons to uh, people that cut the trees down, that salt the uh, wood up into lumber, to you name it. We planted all the fields, we picked all the fields, we did everything here in the South, occupying some 95% of the, uh, the, the labor trades here in the state. So we was all prepared. We had the skills to uh, uh, maybe not the former education to read and write, but shoot, we learned that stuff so fast it was crazy. <laughs> it blew away that, uh, you know, the inferiority thing on that uh, basis of uh, some inferior to somebody. 
because soon you were allowed to uh, 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 learn how to read and write. Uh, we quickly learned that, uh, uh, no doubt. And uh, uh, so, yeah, we uh, we think we have a real good case here uh, going for uh, going forward uh, in terms of uh, making an argument for uh, reparation. Now. We don't we don't know what's going to happen. We, we still suggest that uh, it's going to be a moral co- a moral win victory uh, for the country when and if they do uh, uh, see fit to uh, reparate Matthew uh, Rock and said he was harmed by the laws uh, of the country, injured by the laws of the country. Now we ain't talking about the citizens. We're talking about a system of government that was racist. When I talk about racism, I'm not just talking about the KKK and the citizens. Uh, They're there. But I'm talking about a system of government. But Nelson Mandela was railing against racism over there. He was talking about the system of apartheid, the system of government who had those people, uh, uh, who had they put on their throat, the government itself. Remember, uh, in a uh, system like even the Constitution, was a system of government, a, system, a racist system of government, because it allowed for uh, the enslavement of uh, the Africans. And that made it, that made it a, a racist uh, system. By definition, not by what I see it. I didn't make this up. This ain't nothing I made up. This is by defin by Webster's definition, uh, it, it was a period. And, you know, that's, we we ain't got to re-argue that because this is just a matter of a definition. Uh, any state or government uh, who allows for uh, uh, racism to exist within uh, and, and slavery is a form of uh, is uh, the uh, epitome of uh, racism. So don't even you know that's not even. A, argument whether or not it was a racist it's because slavery itself is a, uh, the epitome of racism because you're talking about uh, uh, somebody being superior <laughs> to somebody else and using them. That's, that's, what, that's the definition of racism. The first uh, thing on the thing is somebody uh, so yeah we, we uh, so we know our history uh it's not about uh, knowing it. It's about trying to uh, get the uh, government here to do the right thing. And that's what we advocate for. We don't, we just one little, uh, we have just one little uh, perspective on it. We have to, a lot of other, uh, our leaders uh, uh, have different opinions on how, what's going to get us uh, economically uh, uh, equal. That's going to take a lot of work to get economic equal in this country. But uh, one of the ways that uh, would help uh, along that way, uh, uh, help us along that way, is reparation. Now, like I said, we can't stop working. We can't stop working. We got to, in fact, double our effort. <laughs> we got to double our effort in terms of uh, pulling ourselves up by the bootstrap. We got to double up. Not uh, stop. Not slow down. Waiting on some reparation. Uh, we got to double our effort uh, at the same time. Uh, we uh, we can't stop, and uh, neither should we. Uh, uh, petitioning this government uh, for uh, a reparation because of uh, laws that uh, they had in place that uh, injured uh, 
that injured us. And it's our right. It's our right. It's our moral right to uh, ask them. Uh, and so many uh, our, our people in our community uh, are uh, so far below uh, the poverty level here. And it's not just something that just happened. This thing happened over uh, a period of, uh, uh, over a period of uh, some hundred years after that civil war. You know, we were trapped, uh, entrapped in this uh, economic uh, 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 maze that uh, we found ourselves in. Yeah, we were put there by those separate equal laws. Here. Yeah, couldn't get out of it either. Hey, by them depriving us of. Uh, Property, by all kinds of uh, craziness that uh, went on, the gerrymandering and uh, all this crazy stuff, yeah. This is stuff just to keep uh, us from assimilating into uh, the large society because of this uh, fear of uh, a race mixing, this fear of uh, us uh, tainting. Uh, somebody's blood, I guess our blood is pretty powerful. They say one drop of black blood will make you none white for some <laughs> one drop. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't know our blood was that uh, powerful, but uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. Here uh, among a certain um, a segment of uh, the society that uh, 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 fear that. Hey, black folks don't uh, necessarily uh, uh, want to be uh, mixed in with uh, no other group of people. No, that's not what it's about. Yeah, we want equal protection under the 14th Amendment, like everybody else in this country has. That's all. We uh, we don't want uh, you to deprive us of our uh, legal rights after some 600,000 people died, including uh, uh, almost 100,000 black folks, you uh, died in that civil war. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of blacks died in that civil war. Not just uh, uh the whites on either side of that thing. A lot of blacks folks died. There's those two hundred thousand blacks in that uh Union Army. And uh thirty uh, uh, uh some uh thirty eight thousand of them died at uh uh Appomattox. Well Gettysburg, well Gettysburg, thirty eight thousand of them died right there. According to history, yeah. Come on now, we 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 got a you know read my book, uh, racism, hate, and American reality coming out sometime between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, it's uh give you some food for thought. Yeah, talks about our history here in this country, and uh, yeah, I want to let people know that uh, we know our history. We ain't uh, not completely, uh, uh, we haven't, uh, it hasn't been completely uh, 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 hid from us. Uh, yeah, we we more and more got to write about our history. Like, I guess the 12 years of slave did a pretty good job of depicting it. But all our history is the same, yeah. <laughs> uh-uh, 12 years of slave don't excite me. No, not in terms of uh, coming up with some new, uh, uh, something new that I don't know, because I've been researching it uh, and looking at it and living it for some 68 years. So I, I for one, you know, I, and I haven't seen the movie. And I, you know, I can tell you everything in that movie. Something about uh, <laughs> it, because I did the same research and experienced a lot of the same thing uh, myself. 
but uh, I'm glad they did the movie. It looks like it's getting some pretty good uh, reviews. Yeah. So uh, we need to do more of it. Everybody needs to uh, write these stories. Let uh, people know that uh, where we are today uh, at the bottom of the economic uh, totem pole didn't just uh, come about by chance that it was a premeditated uh, scheme to uh, uh, keep uh, to keep us out of uh, keep us from assimilating into uh, the largest society. Yeah, it was a, a premeditated scheme to keep us out of uh, uh, assimilating into the largest society by a few. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, hey, y'all, that's just about uh, coming up on the end of the Hushmo Black Forum here. Y'all come back and uh, check with us next week, uh, the 21st, y'all, 21st of December. We'll be back out here on Blog Talk, same time, same station, <laughs> uh, 7 o'clock there. Hey, y'all, y'all be good and uh, have a good holiday season, y'all. Be careful out there. Especially my Facebook friends up in OHT in there. We're going to end it right there, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Until then, ciao. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.